Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. What's up, everyone? Chris from Fourth Shift Fitness and flying solo tonight. Uh, weird week because it's one of the weeks that I work on Tuesday, so everything had to be done early, which didn't get done, and uh, just some scheduling conflicts. So Katie's upstairs trying to put Nathan in bed, which has really turned into a circus. It's turned into like a 45-minute process of him jumping out of bed and, and crying and basically have to bore him to sleep. Last night, I told him a story about how Katie and I rode our bikes from St. Charles to DeKalb, uh, and I had to draw it out a little bit until he passed out from sheer boredom of listening to a, a bike ride story. But anyways, it gives me a chance to get on here and do a little bit of solo, uh, flying solo like it used to be, back to the roots of tailboard talk before it got good. But this will be a good one. I sent this topic to Kurt originally because we were going to record and then everything kind of blew up. But uh, I get I get a lot of um, studies like email to me. So I've, I've subscribed to a lot of stuff. And this one's from the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research. They send out a bunch of studies um, a month. And this one came solo, actually. So the email just had one study in it. It's a research paper. And it's called Effects of Fatigue on Functional Movement Efficiency in Physically Active Adults. And I said, hey, that's a good topic. And I like this because Science does something cool, which is it takes something that you can assume, right? I mean, what do you think this is going to be? What do you think the results of this are going to be? Effects of fatigue on functional movement efficiency in physically active adults. Without even giving it too much thought, what would you assume would happen when you're tired? What happens to your, your functional movement efficiency, right? So you can assume that. You can assume it gets worse. But science does a cool thing where it proves it through, like, trials and stuff. And uh, that's what they did. So here's what happened. Um, they took 25 people and, uh, you know, they have all the age parameters in here and the height and the weight and the BMI and all that stuff. I'm not too worried about that because this is a podcast geared towards health and wellness for firefighters, right? And if we look in the fire service, it's a wide range of people in there. There's not one stereotypical firefighter body. Well, there might be, there might be two. It's either the calendar or the complete opposite, right? But if you just look around your station or your crew, everybody's relatively different. So I'm not too worried about the variance here in the weight or the height or anything like that because don't forget, as Annette Zapp talks about frequently, we are just general population. Uh, we come from general population and then we decide to be firefighters and paramedics. We're not born as firefighters and paramedics. This isn't Sparta. So here's what they did. 25 people. They volunteered for it. And they did, uh, well, first of all, the reason they did this was they in the preface here of the abstract, they say, listen, we test athletes and we test people when they're rested and people do well. And then those same people who do really well get hurt when they're tired. So why don't we test people when they're tired to see what their actual injury potential is? I mean, they're scientists. These people are smart. That's why they do this stuff. 
So here's what they did. 25 people, they did a pre-fatigue movement test, and then they did an aerobic exercise fatiguing protocol, and then a post-fatigue movement test. Now again, not too worried about the specifics on this. I'm not concerned about the, uh, the movement screen they did or the movement test they did. I'm not necessarily concerned about the uh, aerobic and exercise fatiguing protocol they did. And uh, what they just repeated the same post-fatiguing movement test, obviously, is the pre-fatiguing movement test. But I'm not worried about that stuff because it's going to come down to the takeaways of this thing. And the takeaways were very clear. It was that overall scores were significantly worse after the fatiguing protocol. And that was a quote directly from the abstract. Um, and they also threw some some examples in there, like they had a one-leg squat and they also had a shoulder, girdle, and cervical subtest category. So it seems like a pretty comprehensive thing they went through. Um, but consistently, and this is how they wrapped it up, always look at the last couple sentences of the abstract. That's how you read reports, right? You don't actually look at the data. You look at the stuff that confirms your bias. Neuromuscular fatigue affected the functional movement test demonstrated by a decrease in movement scores. So there you have it. When you're tired... You do worse. Now, again, seems like an obvious thing, right? But it's until it's proven like this, and of course, 25 people, relatively small sample size, understandable. But there's actual data now to tell you that when you're tired, you do worse. So for us, what does it mean on the fire ground and EMS scenes? Well, it means that if we come into work tired, likely, because we start early-ish, right? Or after a few calls or if we're up all night, we're at a higher risk of faulty movement patterns. I'm not going to say necessarily high risk injury because that's not what this test or what this uh, research paper is looking at. Um, so I'm not going to misrepresent this research article with my own opinions, but let's break away from this article for a second. I'm going to kind of take the, the, the feeling of what this thing's putting forward of when you're tired, you don't do so good. And I'm going to put my own words on it. Now, when you're tired, you have a higher risk of injury. And that's just kind of the way it is. Now, I don't have that test or that research paper in front of me, but we can kind of parallel um, what they call it, functional movement efficiency, right? If you're less efficient at a movement, that means that you are a higher risk of injury. In my mind, that's what that translates to. So as you get more and more tired, you get less and less efficient and your risk of injury goes up and up and up. Uh, the funny thing about the most of the stuff that we do is as you get tired, you may also be raising the uh, injury potential of the people around you because how many times have we seen somebody lifting a backboard and someone on the far corner trips or stumbles or loses their grip and then the opposite corner guy hurts his shoulder or back or advancing a hose line and it feels like you're snagging on a door but it's actually someone out of sync with you and now you as the person in front or the second in line you hurt your back or your knee because you're kind of brought to a sudden halt because the third person is is uh the sticking point basically, right? So that person's tired, they're not hurt, but they impacted the people in front of them. If you get tired on the fire ground or on EMSC and you're fatigued to a point where your, I'll use our word again, functional movement efficiency is decreased, you're not just impacting yourself, you're impacting the people around you. Now, best case scenario is you just hurt yourself, right? That means that I'm hopefully not getting hurt because you do something stupid or you're overly tired or untrained or undertrained. Um, that'd be fine. You know, not for you, but better for me, obviously, because your, your condition isn't impacting me. But, you know, more likely a scenario, like I said, is that you're going to be impacting other people if you're deconditioned or in a, in a severely fatigued state to the point where your movements are starting to break down. 
I posted a thing a couple weeks ago. It was a repost from a year ago. And it said, in times of extreme stress, your baseline may be your maximum. And I got some compliments on that because uh, it's kind of ambiguous, right? It's a wide definition, like a baseline of what? Well, at the, let me give you some context. Of course, it goes into movement, right? Your, your baseline, what you're able to do physically, if you're really under the, under the gun, may be the maximum you can do for a million different reasons why. What I was talking about specifically in that one was um, mental more than anything. That was deep in the heart of COVID, right? And I actually remember thinking like I cannot take on one additional thing besides just covering my bases in these next six months. Like I was at a point where just anything extra, any extra projects, any extra ideas, um, even extra stuff like around the house, you know, maintenance stuff or, or fixer-upper stuff, wasn't able to do it. I just wasn't able to take on anything else besides my baseline of going to work and trying to perform there and then coming home and taking care of the kids and, and being present besides that, that was it. That was my maximum for that time. Cause I was, I felt like I was so overloaded and so stressed. That's all I had, right? If we take that same quote though, in times of extreme stress, your baseline may become your maximum. If we look at the research paper we just talked about where the more tired you get, the worse you move. I think we can alter that a little bit to be more physical specific, right? More fitness specific. And almost in times of the thing of, in times of fatigue, your physical baseline may become your maximum. What you can do comfortably, rested, may be the absolute most you can do when you're fatigued. And that's, again, that's another kind of obvious thing, right? If you can bench press 50 pound dumbbells when you're well rested and kind of blow through it eight to 10 to 12 reps, no big deal. When you're worn down and beat up, those 50s, you might be able to get six, eight, maybe 10 reps out of. That's the way the body works. You run out of energy and you you do worse, right? But let's make it clear. In times of fatigue, your physical baseline might be your absolute maximum. Like if you're able to throw a 28-foot ladder alone, rested, pretty good. If you're fatigued, you might do 10 out of 10 effort to barely get that thing to the window or to the building safely without crushing yourself. Or dropping it, right? Whatever you're comfortable doing is going to be the absolute most you can do when you're fatigued. Science backs it up. That's what we just talked about, right? Fatigue makes us worse at our jobs. And so another takeaway from this, if you're at a department that is short, which a majority, a vast majority of them are, right? And you're expected to do the, the jobs of one to one and a half to two people when you arrive on scene, that's an issue. That's going to be an issue depending on your physical condition. If you have a very high physical condition, you're in good shape, you're resilient, you're durable, you're capable, right? We'll call that a 10. We'll call that like Captain America 10, right? When you're fatigued, that drops down to a 7. If you're starting at a 5, we're in big, we're in big trouble here, right? You're barely going to be able to do the job of one person when you're fatigued, let alone the 2 to 3 that you're responsible for because of your station's running order or your department's running order. So there's really only one remedy to it, Right? Your manning's not going to change, probably, except for going down, 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 potentially, right? Um, You can rely on mutual aid. That's fine. They're going to get there eventually. They're not close because they're not you. Um, But really, the biggest impact you're going to have on improving that and compensating for that lack of movement efficiency when you get fatigued is raising your baseline, raising your bar, making sure that if you're a five, get up to a seven or eight, then when you drop down, you're a five or six, you're still usable. You're still operational on scene. Okay. 
if you have been doing that, if you are consistently and, and earnestly working on your physical fitness and you think you're in a good spot, keep going. Because now we got science to back us up, right? It's not just a thing that you can, you can look at someone and say, hey, man, just so you know, when you're tired, you're not going to be able to do as well. And they, can't, they can shrug you off still, obviously, right? Because that's what happens to a lot of science. But you can show them something and you actually have something in your back pocket now to say, look, here's a study, here's a research paper. And it says when you get tired, you're not going to do as well. Everybody's going to get tired, right? No matter what we're doing, even if we're, I'm just going to say just running ambulance calls, but even if we're just running ambulance calls, if you run enough of them or they're of high enough acuity each time and they're just mentally draining, you're going to get tired. It could be your fifth ambulance call of the day, not a very high number. Depending on what the four before were, you may be just wiped out. And at that point, you're not going to perform as well as you did when you were rested. Two in the afternoon, four ambulance calls prior, and the fifth one at 3.30, you might perform poorly on. It's not because you're a bad medic, and the same thing can go for the fire, right? It's not because you're a bad firefighter. It's because you're tired. And when you're tired, you don't do as well. So start at the highest level possible. So when you're fatigued and your, your performance drops down, you're still at a highly functional level. That's the best advice I can give you, right? This isn't a commercial. This is science. Uh, I'm available, though. Kurt's available. We've talked about it before. The big thing is that you just start doing something. You realize the need for it, and you have the desire to do it, hopefully, and you find something that's enjoyable and sustainable and uh, translates well to what we're expected to do, right? But this is just one more reason to do it. This isn't, it's no longer opinion. It's no longer just a feeling. It's actual fact here, and it's documented in study form. Uh, and I'll link it. You can, you can have it. It's a free article. It's a free abstract. That's the most important part, right? Let's not pretend like we're actually researching anything. We're just looking at stuff that other smart people said and kind of regurgitating it mostly well. But that's, uh, that's a story. When you get tired, you're not going to be as good. So make sure that you're at a high enough level so when you get tired, you're still good. Sounds simple. Takes a lot of work. Takes a lot of work. Takes a lot of smart work. If you need help with it, reach out. I'd love to help you. Uh, you reach out to Kurt. Reach out to anybody you trust, right? Shop around. No big deal. Figure it out. Make sure you're on the right path, though. So when you're tired, we're still good. All right, guys, as always, talk to you soon. Be a force shifter.